The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I'm your host, Peter Tung. I just love that music that brings me on to the air. It just gives me that little lift of excitement as we have another wonderful guest joining us today. And thank you for joining us. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights to how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. We had a wonderful first tele-seminar class last Wednesday evening looking at all of those unconscious programs that are running inside us that we need to become aware of and clear so that we can live our lives consciously. It's not too late to join uh, please feel free to go to www.myheartcenterjourney.com. The free teleclass from the end of May is available there. And if you wish to join up for the seven-week series, please do so. And also look into our Ambassadors of Light program that will be coming shortly. I wanted to give you, our listeners, uh, the opportunity to hear about what's upcoming in the next couple of months over the summer as there's a lot of activity and alignment in the cosmos. And I uh, invited Cyrilla Gallagher to return to the show today as she is an expert on astrology, numerology, and the Mayan calendar to help us unravel uh, the different planetary influences and alignments that are taking place this summer. So, Cyrilla, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Peter. When I was doing my own little bit of research for the show, I found uh, over the course of um, the end of May right through to the end of the summer that there are an enormous number of, of powerful planetary aspects and alignments uh, which have already begun actually coming up. So when you're involved in this professionally, how, how do you decide which ones are, are the more important ones to focus on? Well, I think that the most important ones to focus on are the outer planets. I mean, usually they create the greatest amount of change because they move so slowly. So if we're looking at the outer planets, for example, we see a cycle for one of the planets, example, Pluto, to go around the zodiac takes 248 years. Uh, Uranus takes 84 years. Neptune, 164 years, and Saturn, 28 and a half, 29 years. So looking at those planets, they represent really the collective, and they suggest the greatest amount of change. And so when you're talking about the end of May, I think what you're highlighting is the fact that 
we've gone through the last couple of years with these outer planets doing kind of this unique dance that doesn't happen very often. Typically, these outer planets connect about twice uh, in a in a hundred years in the way that really creates change. So if we look at, uh, and this isn't at the particular degree because these planets right now are in cardinal degrees and why that's unique at this point in time is because the cardinal degrees really represent the seasons um, and the Earth's axis and the heavens, the lower world and the upper world. And so so the fact that we have um, a planet like Uranus moving into zero degrees Aries, which is really the beginning of the zodiac, making an opposition to Saturn and Libra and, and making a square to Pluto and Capricorn, the, this is kind of a unique configuration. And as it stands from the research I've done, and someone could correct me if, if that research is a little off, but this configuration as it is, is really hasn't happened for the last 5,000 years because they move so uniquely. Yes, they've come in contact, obviously, twice every 100 years, but in the configuration they are in the cardinal signs, that hasn't happened. We've experienced it a few times. We experienced it last fall, but what we're coming up to uh, in June and July is an intensification of that energy, and that's why it's uh, such a unique time. So it's really important then for us to get a little bit of an understanding uh, in this uh, cardinal square or cross that you've talked about, mm-hmm. to get a bit of an understanding of the actual characteristics and qualities associated with Saturn, Uranus, and Pluto mm-hmm. so that people can, can get a bit of a sense of perhaps why they're feeling the way they are and, and what we're actually seeing in, in the world taking place at this time. So give us a, an insight into, into the interpretation of this arrangement. Well, I just want to talk, one of the best ways to understand a little bit about the energy is to understand the last time they kind of came together. And the last time was in the 60s. So we know that from an overall collective energy, the 60s was a time of a lot of upheaval. There was the Vietnam War. That you know, We had a whole generation of people kind of breaking away from you know, the June and Ward Cleaver uh, element of the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Um, the, 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 tra- the, the powers that be were being questioned. There was a, there was a lot of um, people that were, uh, you know, there was a lot of revolution happening at that point in time. So if we look at what each of those planets symbolize, you know, we've got Uranus that is sudden, unexpected, uh, new, vibrating energy that operates in a completely, sometimes erratic kind of way. This is why sometimes, especially recently, we see so much change happening so quickly. Then we've got Saturn, which is really the, the, um, st- all our structures. So we know that we've got our structures being the economy, the government, medical systems, school systems, all of these things that are, 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 are established coming uh, in opposition to a new way. We know that a lot of those structures are under reform at this point in time. 
And then we've got a big hitter like Pluto, which I know has been downgraded by scientists to an asteroid, but if any of us have any interaction with Pluto, like we're going to see in the next little while, we'll realize that that little planet holds a lot of power. And it is a power, or a planet rather, of death and rebirth. It holds a lot of power. It's, it's where we transform, but Oftentimes with Pluto, especially in the aspects that it's forming, that power is pushed upon us because human nature is that we, when we get comfortable, we don't want to change. And Pluto comes in there and really pushes us and forces us to change. The uh, Uranian energy makes it sudden, quick, and unexpected. And the Saturn energy really is holding on to what serves us in terms of a structural perspective um, so that we can move forward with some level of uh, consistency and order, but so these planets are coming together at this point in time to create this monumental change that really, you know, we haven't seen in quite a long time in these particular uh, signs that they're operating in. We were also thinking in a similar way because I actually went back to the last time that Uranus was zero degrees Aries, because obviously it is, as you say, the first sign, so it's, it's a rebirth for mm-hmm. that planetary movement, and that was in 1927, mm-hmm. and I was just amazed when I looked up the year 1927, what happened, because there was an enormous amount of invention, particularly in the electronic field, so it was the first time scientists saw the TV, it was uh, the first time radio broadcasting became uh, broad, broadly based. Uh, the first telephone conversation from New York to London. Lindbergh did his first solo flight. Uh, women got the vote uh, equal to men in the UK in terms of being age 21 and above. There was all sorts of rebellion in trade unions. Um, as you've said, it, it's all part of this uh, Uranian energy of, of rebellion and changing old structures and systems and very suddenly and very quickly. Absolutely, and one of the things that I want to point out when you're talking about that is that there was a a huge advancement in technology, and I don't think that there's any coincidence with what we're seeing in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, You know, that the, the, the symbolism of that energy is Plutonian, but it's also uh, has to do with Neptune, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But what I believe when I look at at, at the, the um, transits and go back historically is if we want to look at the positive side of what's going on the Gulf of Mexico, what it's really going to do is push us or allow the technologies, because I personally believe those the new technologies exist, they've just been suppressed, but allow those to come out because they're there, they're on the surface. So, uh, you know, like I was saying, unfortunately we seem to need something of this magnitude to shift us and, and make room for these new technologies to come in. But you're absolutely right. In the late 20s, you know, when we had Black Tuesday, the other thing that that symbolized was the fact that we had a major shift in economy. And in some ways, you know, we, we, a lot of us feel like we had that a couple of years ago, um, but I believe that then it was propped up almost artificially. So what's going to probably happen over the next few months is that what, again, no longer serves us from an economic or financial perspective will disintegrate so something new can come up. So during that time when you're talking about that and then that 
can create in itself some rebellion. And we see in different places in the world, whether we're looking at something like North Korea or we're looking at Israel, there's a lot of rebellion brewing right now. And this is all tied to this particular energy. But, you know... uh, uh, 70 years ago or 80 years ago, we got through that period of time and we'll do the same now. It's just that's what the energy is reflecting. So in terms of the assistance that's being given, uh, because whenever there's a, a challenging time, planetary-wise, mm-hmm. there's always assistance that comes in as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, what would be, what would be the, the way in which people can utilize the positive energies here? Well, I think one of the things that we have going on, uh, at the same time we've got this T-square in the sky, we've also got the Uranus and the Jupiter energy uh, coming together at this point in time. And what that creates is this... The other thing about Uranus is it represents the higher octave of the mind or the collective mind. And Jupiter is expansion. There's a whole lot pointing here between that configuration and the Neptune and Cryon configuration that we haven't discussed yet that really suggests that as much as there, we're going to experience some changes, especially over the next couple of months as this is kind of building, we also have a lot of support coming in terms of our ability to connect spiritually and really feel that we have spiritual support. Um, and it's going to push us to find new ways of being. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, there, there's never anything negative without something positive. So really, we're going to have to go to our first break here, but, and, and I totally agree with that. So let's pick up that thread when we return. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. 
It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle it's me. It's scary, Ryan, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. And I have with me today Cyrilla Gallagher, who is giving us a really neat uh, insight into what is taking place in the astrological realms uh, over the course of this summer. And Cyrilla, just before the break, you were, you were about to talk about the role that Jupiter is playing uh, in expanding the position of Uranus in its, in its currently significant role. So just continue with that. Well, I think what's important about that is, first of all, we had mentioned that uh, Uranus is entering or it's zero degrees Aries, which is the beginning of the zodiac, and it's a fiery sign. When you think of um, somebody who is a leader or who initiates, they have to have a lot of chutzpah. They have to have a lot of push. And when we've got Uranus that is so intense and creates so much change, and then we have, you know, Jupiter sitting beside it, which is optimistic and wants to expand and and wants to reach the higher realms as well, we've got these two energies that really support where we want to go um, from a higher perspective. This is not dealing with, you know, the all the mundane stuff that's happening on the earth plane, but it's giving us the energy to see beyond what's going on here. And then when we were talking about uh, Neptune, which is really our planet of spirituality, but We've been in the Piscean Age, uh, you know, for the last 2,500 years. We're moving out of that into the Aquarian Age. And I had a discussion with somebody recently about that. And they said, are we in the Piscean Age or are we in the Aquarian Age? And I have a theory about that because there is a lot of debate about it. The uh, the Piscean Age started about 500, uh, 500 years um, before Jesus, and it, it's lasted really up until what people think is the year 2000. I personally think like the Piscean Age is what brought in Christianity. Uh, it's symbolized by the two fishes swimming you know, um, against each other. To me, it's the light and the shadow uh, energy, and it's, it's really what got us in touch with more with divinity, but in a way that 
you know, we had to keep a lot of secrets about what our beliefs were. We had to keep a lot of things hidden. There were a lot of things going on behind the scenes that we didn't know about until really the last 10, 20 years, humanity started to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Now, when we're talking about the Aquarian age, are we in it, are we not in it? I think when we're moving from one age to the next, it's, you know, I think it's a gradual process. The way they've got the constellation divvied up is in 30-degree marks, but each of the signs does not necessarily represent 30 degrees in the heavens. That's just the way they've done it to make it almost mathematically easier to deal with. But the age of Aquarius really, I believe, started in the 60s when we had this new, energetic, exciting, uh, kind of innovative approach to life. You know, it's, it's, it was really in, I put this in quotation marks, the hippie generation that brought that out because it represents uniqueness. It represents breaking away from the norm. It represents, you know, humanitarianism. So that really started in the 60s, but not everybody was there, and still not everybody. There, There's a large group of the population that's starting to gravitate towards that Aquarian energy, but there's still people that are kind of stuck in the Piscean energy. It's behind the scenes. It's a little safer. It sees things as black and white. The Aquarian energy sees things in its totality. So I wanted to point that out. But when we have Neptune, which is our spiritual side, and we have Cryon, which is our what, what really digs up our old wounds to be healed, we've got those two energies kind of floating around on their own over there. And that's creating in itself all of this shadowy aspects that, a lot of us don't want to deal with are coming to the surface to be healed. So when we're talking about Aquarius, excuse me, um, Uranus and Jupiter, we have all this new technology, this new vision, this this energy to push outward and expand, and we have this spiritual support of healing. We need to heal in order to have that happen. So they're going on simultaneously as this shift is occurring. So. In astrology, everything is layered. It's not just one thing. We've got a whole lot of different energies taking place in order to create the overall picture. So I hope that answers your question in a roundabout way. (laughs) Very fully. No, that's great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So we have the uh, solstice coming up shortly, uh, next uh, Monday, in fact, early early in the morning on Monday, uh, where I am anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And so tell us about the significance of the solstice and and how, perhaps, again, the bigger scale, how that fits in between the two equinoxes. Okay, well, I guess maybe the easiest thing to do is, is just give you a little background about how I how I see those those kind of demarcation points because as I said in the zodiac they are strong points and they were really placed that way uh, primarily about 11,000 years ago and it was tied to the seasons and farming etc cetera, etc cetera. but it creates this holoform in the collective of what this particular energy means and of course we know that the winter solstice is the shortest day of the year in the northern hemisphere and the summer solstice is the longest day of the year um, and then we look at the equinox um, in the spring and in the fall so if we take the zero degrees Aries point which really represents the spring equinox we see it's a time of planting and envisioning and putting a lot of energy into what we want to create. 
the energy of the solstice, the summer solstice, for me is a little bit lighter. In the in the in the spring, it feels like there's work to be done, and in, at the um, summer solstice, it feels a time where we can reap some of the work that we've done this year. Um, or a particular year. So for a lot of people, it's a time of celebration. It's, it's a time where you join together with family and community. And we see that when, you know, family reunions and people getting together. And it's just the time of the year. It starts this kind of exciting time. This year, with the solstice energy, there's a few things going on. But really what starts to culminate is a few days after that on June 26th. Because we have this energy that I was speaking about before with Uranus and Pluto and um, Saturn building. And at the same time, we have um, the Sun, which will be in Cancer at that point, will be conjunct Mercury in Cancer as well. Um, the Moon will be in f- at 4 degrees Capricorn. So the Moon will be opposite this Sun-Mercury point, And then there's a lunar eclipse. So the, I, I really feel that we're going to start to sense this energy on the solstice, but over the next week or so, we're, it's really going to intensify. And what that energy will produce, I mean, typically when we have a lunar eclipse, it brings up a lot of things in the subconscious, a lot of things that have been hidden away. It also creates movement anytime we have anything going on with the moon, new moon, full moon, uh, lunar eclipses, there seems to be a lot that happens in the um, collective subconscious. There's, there can be particular uprisings or there can be shifts in terms of, of what we see um, on, it, it, on the physical plane. So when we look at that energy, the sun and mercury, which is the soul and the the communication of things and the moon, the subconscious, you know, first of all, we know it's going to be a hot day in the media. There'll probably be a lot coming up around that. But I think this energy is preparing us for that giant square that we're moving into in uh, July. And it's really going to give us a sense of what exactly is going to transpire over the month of July. So it sounds like a lot of... uh turbulent uh, shifting and, and movements for, for people at this time? Well, I re- you know, I think that I, uh, many people are coming to me, and I'm sure you're experiencing a lot of the same, Peter, that are having wild dreams. or And these are people that are haven't maybe haven't been in touch with their spirituality and they're just all of a sudden having unique experiences, uh, whether it's in the dream state, which is another thing that the moon represents, or it's that they're, you know, they're out in nature and they have uh, kind of a, a, a new spiritual experience that they haven't really given um, much, uh, they haven't paid much attention to before. There's, there's a lot of energy building that can't help but push people to get in touch with their spiritual self. So, you know, when we've got, as I said before, this energy of change happening, there's always something that comes in to support it. Uh, and for us, a lot of us, it's getting reconnected or, yeah, it's really plugging into that spiritual aspect of ourselves that for many people has been dormant for a long time. So, Cyrilla, we're just coming up to our next break shortly. And I'm going to ask you to talk about how people are coping or need to cope with their relationships on our return. 
This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt, if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, Ugh! Try it. Ugh! Ugh! <laughs> See, there you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. And I have with me today. Sabrina Gallagher, who's giving us a wonderful insight into all of the astrological planetary alignments taking place over this summer. And Sabrina, I wanted you just to talk to our listeners a little bit about how these planetary alignments are affecting people in their relationships. Well, what I'm noticing, a great deal of the clients that I have, uh, one of the number one questions they have besides finances is relationship. And because 
we talked a little bit about Uranus and Pluto, but one of the things that's coming up is that Saturn is moving in back into the sign of Libra. It touched there last fall. Um, and into, and into the Christmas holiday season, but it's coming back again in August, and uh, it'll be in there in Libra for the next two and a half years. And Libra is about balance, but it's also about partnership. And so what I'm finding with this new energy that's really, you know, having us examine, as I was saying earlier, all the shadow aspects of ourselves, you know, the people that we live with tend to hold and reflect back to us those shadow aspects. And so this time with Saturn and Libra is really pushing all of us to examine uh, every area of partnership. And of course, there's a lot of people right now that are trying to decide, am I in this partnership? Is it aligned with who I am and where I want to go? Or is it time for me to let that go? And what I'm noticing, Peter, is that there's a large connection between the partnership and the finances. And... um, especially with the baby boomer generation who has a tendency, you know, they've been in these long-term relationships for 20, 30, 40 years, um, and they're, they're, they, they're undecided whether um, they should continue in the relationship because of a lot of times it's financial and sometimes it's out of habit and then you get infiltrated into people's families and so on, or whether it's time to really break away and carve a new path. And I thought it was kind of interesting when we had Alan Tipper Gore after 40 years, you know, dissolve their relationship. And one of the uh, comments that I read in the Globe and Mail was that, you know, 60s a new 40. And the reality is in this new energy, we can all be living longer. Um, That's really where I feel we're going. And so the question becomes, and this is part of the breakdown of some of the structures that we've lived with for so long, how are we going to view relationship and marriage and and that um, structure that we've created? Because a lot of that has been created in a very traditional um, sense. And all of that is coming up for review. So people are going through and examining their beliefs, how they feel, the direction they want their life to go in. So there's a huge emphasis right now on partnership and um, the direction it's going in and how it's supporting their spiritual path. You've expressed that really well because, again, it's part of my work is is that's very much the way things are at the moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so tell us a little bit about the, the, the retrograde uh, planetary motions. This, this is something, again, that has a significant impact upon us, and people may not necessarily understand that well. Well, I think I explained that in your last show, what retrograde means, but I'll go over it again because it is a concept that people aren't really familiar with. The example I like to use is if you're sitting in a train and another train goes by you, it almost appears to be going backwards. And that is what the planets look like in the sky and we identify as retrograde motion. It's an optical illusion. It's not really happening, but that's what appears to be happening. And so when planets go retrograde, it's a time to relook, recheck, and rethink everything that particular planet symbolizes in the sign that it's in. So 
planets are going retrograde at varying times of the year, and one planet we hear most commonly is Mercury retrograde, which I'll talk about. But one of the things I want to bring to your attention is that at the end of May, um, Neptune went retrograde. It hadn't been retrograde in quite some time, and it went retrograde, and it will continue to be retrograde all of June, all of July, all of August, and half of September. And this is part of that energy that I was talking about, because when Neptune goes retrograde, secrets come out, and there's spiritual awakening happening at that time. But as we go through this shift and and this time in June and July where things start to heat up collectively, I think we'll start to see more and more um, things come to the surface. And when those items, whatever that is, comes to the surface, whether we're talking about something going on in a particular country with a particular government or things that have been repressed for long periods of time, whether that has to do with uh, religion or government or whatever, or if something comes to light, and I'm going to give this example, with BP in the Gulf of Mexico, and all of a sudden we see something that we really didn't even, it didn't dawn on us would potentially be going on. Those secrets come to the surface. Well, they need to come to the surface in order to be healed, but when they come to the surface, we can expect that sometimes people may not like those secrets. So, you know, that's an example of when a planet goes retrograde. It brings things up, and then you have to deal with them, and typically we deal with them when the planet goes direct. Now, when we're talking about Mercury retrograde, which so many of us are familiar with that terminology, Mercury represents our communication. So it's representing technology, cell phones, computers, uh, regular telephones, correspondence between people, small machinery. And so what happens three or four times a year, depending on the year, when Mercury goes retrograde, these things break down. And my feeling is the reason that they're breaking down is because we are all becoming very reliant on uh, the mechanics of what those uh, those um, technologies give us. And by pulling that energy away, it's the universe's way of saying, hey, don't become too reliant on this. You have all that technology within you. And when we talk a little bit later about what how... What we're evolving into with the Mayan code, I really feel that a lot of this technology that we're so reliant on right now is going to start to shift and change in in a way that many of us can't get our heads around. But for the time being, when Mercury goes retrograde, which is going to happen again um, in August, towards the end of August and into September, when that happens, it's really time for us to reevaluate our use of technology, our style of communication, how we interact with people. And sometimes instead of getting frustrated, the best thing we can do is just take a step back and really see how we're giving our power over to these things. And it really is suggesting that what we do is stand still uh, and um, embrace our power. So we know we can, we can communicate telepathically with, if we choose. If I put out an intention that I want Peter to call me, the way the energy is right now, the next thing I know, Peter, the phone's ringing and you're on the other end. So we all have that ability. It's, it's being brought up in us again, and it's time for us to start cultivating a little bit of that. 
I always say when, when uh, Mercury retrograde is happening and you, you take all the precautions that you can and things still go wrong, that all you can do is, is step back and smile and, and laugh about it because there's nothing, absolutely nothing you can do. And so it's the trickster energy at its, at its most powerful point in time. And as you say, we have to look somewhere else for our communication systems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let us shift now and, and actually begin uh, talking about the Mayan code and, and your understanding of how this fits into this, this present moment. Well, I, I don't think it's any coincidence that we're in um, the second to last cycle of the Mayan Code. And, you know, as you and I both have discussed, there's a little bit of, um, uh, professionally, there's a few people that have specific dates of when the Mayan Code is actually going to end, uh, whether it's 2011, 2012. But I guess my perception of that is we're in the window of it. And, um from I follow uh, Carl Kalaman's work, and from his perspective, we're in what's called the sixth day of the second to last level, and or, or I'm excuse me, the sixth night. And the nighttime, of course, is when things get dark and many things happen. Historically, it's when we've had a lot of shifts are during the nighttime periods. Why we feel this acceleration in time, and I'm sure you feel the same way I do, I can't believe, you know, it's the 16th of June already, where the heck is 2010 gone, is because there's this feeling that time is accelerating, and if we... We can't give a, a course here on what what the Mayan code, how that breaks down with the Mayan calendar, but the Mayans have suggested that this acceleration in time because we're moving to the point that this calendar ends. When this calendar ends, we're going to enter a whole new phase in human evolution. So back to the sixth day um, of the galactic cycle, which is what we're in right now. We've been in it since last fall. It's going to finish in October, and then we're going to start uh, uh, one of the last cycles, which is the seventh day of the galactic. And in 2011, we're going to enter the universal stage. And this is the final stage, and and it it shortens by 20 times uh, every cycle. So that universal stage will end again in October 2011. So what this is saying, though, at this point in time, as we're going through the sixth night, this is really the most intense period before the calm, which the seventh um, day suggests is going to bring. So I see astrologically where there's a lot of things happening between now and, let's say, the end of October. That's mirrored in the energy of the sixth uh, night and moving into 2011, and we can look at it numerologically as well. Moving into 2011, the energy is going to start shifting so quickly. I almost see when I, in my mind's eye, uh, you know, a bit of a tornado just whipping around quickly, making all these changes. This is the last phase of having this this kind of collective mass of change take place before we move into a much quicker. Uh, cycle. And numerologically, as you and I spoke about before, 2010 is year three. Three, to me, from my perspective, is all about the mind. So it's having us deal with our thoughts, um, which create our emotions and creating and, and dealing with our beliefs. That's what this year is all about. It's all, for us, it's about us clearing up our minds and getting clear communication within ourselves and others. 
2011, year four, is all about creating new structures. And 2012 is a five, which is, has everything to do with transformation and change. And so you see this, uh, this three-year period then as very much uh, a transition through uh, the, the thoughts, the minds, the beliefs becoming clear, then new structures being put in place before mm-hmm. we go through the transformation of 2012. Absolutely. I think it has to happen. We cannot take that leap in consciousness until we have dealt with all our goo, so to speak. And our goo resides in, our, in the way we process things mentally. So, Sula, we're just about to come up to our final break, and uh, we'll continue our discussion on the Mayan calendar in the last section. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then, time passes and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network.
listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Hello and welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just a reminder to check out www.myheartcenteredjourney.com for our current teleseminar series and future Ambassadors of Light program. Uh, please join us as we come together in this very critical time on our planet to raise vibration and consciousness and connect all people of like heart and like mind together. I'm talking today with Cyrilla Gallagher, who's giving us a wonderful overview of the astrological implications of the next uh, few months. And Cyrilla, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the Mayan Code. Mm -hmm. I know that there is a, a weekend of July 17th and 18th this year coming up. Can you tell us a bit about that? Well, that's the uh, conscious convergence that has been organized, and it's really to uh, prepare us for the ninth wave of evolution of consciousness that the Mayan calendar speaks about that I was saying begins in October this year. And I don't think it's any coincidence, Peter, that it happens just on the heels of this uh, grand square uh, in the cardinal signs forming, because really the exactness of that is pretty much around the 22nd of July. So I don't think there's any coincidence that they're doing this on the 17th and 18th. And the whole mission behind this is to bring people together with shared intention uh, of cultivating a critical mass of harmonious energy that supports kind of our inner and outer reconciliation. So coming together in the spirit of unity to heal the wounds that have separated us and to reconcile conflicts that divide us um, and to inspire ideas and actions that express our oneness. Because this energy that we're moving into in the universal is all about oneness. It's about not just oneness within our families, within our communities globally, but also universally. There's a reason that that this last phase is called the universal phase, and I believe it's when we finally realize that we're not the only ones in this universe. You know, um, it's also a time, as I was saying before with Mercury, that I think a lot of our technologies, the energy is going to speed up and be so intense and shift so quickly, they were going to even see the technologies that we're using today, which are only really a year, year and a half away, almost become obsolete in some ways. And it's this whole thing is taking us into the end of the Mayan calendar is a shift in our evolutionary um, uh, consciousness from third dimension to fifth dimension. And that's what it's all about. And as there has been some dispute about, about dates and, and uh, this final level of universal consciousness beginning uh, in originally, I think it was February next year or March next year, um, and can you obviously talk about that? But also, what do you actually think we're, we're going to experience as this, this speeding up process is 20 times faster? What do you think it's going to be like for us here on planet Earth? 
<laughs> I'd like to say. I'm not sure. I think <laughs> it's what it's something that we all are going to have to kind of wait and see because for the most part, even old souls, which I, you know, I, I can kind of identify through my numerology work, um, haven't been through this type of experience. Uh, you know, even if we're talking, if if you believe in the notion of um, of Lemuria and Atlantis, even the souls that reach back that far. This energy, this is an unprecedented time that we're entering. Um, so they don't even have that in their cell memory because it's all new to us. Um, when I, just myself, my intuition tells me that, you know, the technology, as I said, is going to be something that is is uh, speeding up to the point that your cell phone that comes out in January could potentially be completely outdated and useless by November. Um, so, But I think the technology is really reflective in our mental picture, the way our mind is going to be shifting and changing. And again, I think it's this speeding up or I, I envision it that if you speed, uh, if you if you whip something around, all of a sudden these fragments start to fly out from it. And I think for us, that's kind of what symbolizes us letting go of all the old uh, energy, the thoughts, feelings, beliefs that hold us in a uh, particular mental pattern. So I think really what's going to shift is the fact that our mental energies are going to get clearer, and when the mind is clear, we can more easily access the heart energy, which is what leads us to this collective, uh, you know, th- this new energy of, of where we're going, this heart-centeredness, which is the higher levels of consciousness. It's interesting also that, that it's also been called uh, Conscious Co-Creation, and actually that's why my show is called Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation, because uh, I also believe that it is a time that we haven't experienced before, and what happens very much depends upon what we choose to consciously co-create together. Mm-hmm. Having cleared out all of the, uh, the issues that we need to um, uh, over the next uh, little while, Mm-hmm. So we've only got a minute left, actually, Cyrilla, so just give us a final overview summary in one minute um, because we've covered a lot of ground today. Well, I think the thing that we want to emphasize, Peter, is that with all this change, which, you know, can feel a little unsettling for most people, is that, you know, it, it creates positive change. We've outgrown the past. We're ready to assert ourselves in a new um independent and unique way. And in order for that to happen, there we have to shake things up. Things have to shake, rattle, and roll in order to, you know, move them into this new frequency. And, you know, once we do that, I think the world that we're birthing is going to be amazing. Um, and going through that, the thing I would remind people is to, and a lot of people I'm noticing are being called to do this, get into your meditative state. Learn how to connect to your heart center, learn how to quiet your mind, go out in nature, turn off the phones and the TVs and the, and, uh, you know, the computers, and just be still. Even if you practice that for two minutes a day and start to build that up a little bit, I think really that is going to be our saving grace, is to learn the art of detaching and centering. Sula, thank you so much. I'm going to have to cut you off there, but thank you for giving us a wonderful insight today. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank, thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Okay. Take care. 
We're coming right up to the end of the show, so very quickly, my guest next week is Kathleen McGowan, who's written three wonderful books, including The Expected One, and I hope you will join me for that show. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation, wishing you a wonderful week. found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.